You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. again to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we're here to talk all things nutrition and food and and health and and pretty much everything we love. (laughs) Poo, but not today. (laughs) I'm sure it'll work. It'll come in, it'll come in. Yeah. (laughs) Can't help ourselves. So we are talking today about food intolerances. Yeah, um, we've decided this is actually something that we've been asked about. Again, I guess like probiotics, something we probably wouldn't think to speak about, but it is something we deal with all the time and it is something that we a type of testing that we use a lot mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah exactly well. yeah exactly <laughs> as well talk about it and we have been asked as you say about mm. delving into food intolerances and people wanting to know some specifics about hair everywhere <laughs> like we're actually molting here at the moment <laughs> we're finding hair everywhere um i was oh, definitely right i had the ring a tinge <laughs> guilty as charged (laughs) but yeah it's interesting isn't it because we're just like yeah food intolerances i think we get excited about diving into things that are meaty that we really love (laughs) yeah and obviously i think we talk about intolerances every single day but it's it's a good topic we need to delve into it because a a lot of people don't understand it yeah so to get started, I think the most important thing to talk about is what a food intolerance is. Yes. And I think to do that, you need to talk about the difference between a food intolerance and, and an allergy. allergy. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people get that really confused. Like I find yeah. people come and this is just, um, there just seems to be like a bit of a, a gray area in the general public is the differences between allergies and tolerances, symptoms, and then obviously to testing. Is that like doing it yet? <laughs> She's all good. She's all good. Um, so obviously we've got like five immunoglobulins and then the ones we're going to talk about today are, is IgE, IgG and IgA. So yep. IgE is an allergy um, immune mediated reaction. So yep. that's completely different to completely different to an, intolerance, an intolerance ontology. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> Just learn my words. Um, so which is your IgG and IgA. Yeah, exactly. Responses. Yeah, and as far as an intolerance as opposed to an allergy, generally we're going to be looking at different presentations. So most of the time, if you have an allergy, you'll know you have an allergy. You have a certain food, or it could be an environmental exposure and chemical exposure in food. Definitely, and it's very much a quick onset. So your immune system reacts very quickly. Often it's things like rashes and hives and swelling right through the anaphylaxis. Tightening of the throat, tightening of the chest. Yeah, all those sorts of things. So we find most of the time if someone has an allergy, they know. It's really obvious. Like you have that, say if we're talking food, you have that Mm. food, you have that reaction. So they're they're very easy to delineate and just go, yep, "Yep, definitely this is an issue. So it's an immune, yeah, that actual immune reaction. Whereas with an intolerance, it's a delayed reaction. So those immunoglobulins 
And I guess, you know, an immunoglobulin is essentially like, I always think of them as little policemen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should yeah. explain? Us and our analogies, right? I have this picture in my head of this little, like a Lego guy. <laughs> this little sign. Anyway, yeah, pick but yeah, they're like little policemen, right? Mm. So they go around and they're surveying our system. So, yep. But they're different types yep. of policemen. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like imagining different uniforms now. We but have an army officer, police officer, fire, a customs fire, officer. Fireman. Is this just like becoming some sexual fantasy? <laughs> oh my god! But they're going. Long to bring no, to no. The so essentially, they're going around and they're surveying <laughs> and they're looking for things that they feel aren't right. Yep. So when they see them, they basically monitor that and they go right they write it down in a little notebook and they're like if i see you again we're going to cause some trouble yep. we're going to like you know tell our mates to come and get yep. you and yep. their mates are kind call of like out the, on the two-way and <laughs> <that's it. laughs> bring in the backup and that's often that inflammatory response that immune response that yep. comes in so sometimes that response is really really good analogy I know, <laughs> <laughs> breaker breaker <laughs> <laughs> oh god so sometimes obviously as we said that response is really quick with an intolerance it's a slower reaction so it can be anywhere it can be an immediate one we definitely yeah. see that yeah. but it's often delayed yeah um and it can be anywhere up to like 72. 48 72 hours yeah, right yeah. yeah and that's where it's a pain in the butt because you're eating food and you may be eating it every day or every couple of days and you're having a response and mm. you're only thinking, so say you're running to the toilet with diarrhea or yep. you're getting a really bad pain and cramping. You're like, oh, what did I just last eat? And it's often nothing to do with your last yep. meal. It's what you ate maybe two days ago mm. or more often it's that, that accumulation, isn't it? And an interesting thing I think should be noted, the flip side of that is when people say to me, I don't have an intolerance to that food because I've... I've gone like a couple of days. I don't. So let's just use gluten. Let's just yep. use gluten intolerance because it's the easiest one to talk about. And they'll go, I don't have gluten in my diet every day. Like I, you know, um, mm. I don't eat a lot of it. But when you're looking at a mop up effect or an intolerance style mm. reaction to a kernel, we've got 72 hours and you have gluten on a Monday, then Tuesday, Wednesday, you have no gluten in your diet. And Thursday, you might have it in a sauce or something. There is going to be a residual ongoing, you know, like crossover yeah. there yeah. as well. And quite often, I think people just go they think that it's going to be an immediate reaction to gluten or within that yeah. day and it's not and therefore they go like well gluten's not an issue for so me true. it's like well yeah. when you actually look at how these two different style immunoglobulins function and the the amount of time that there can be in delay of a mm. reaction that mm. it's pretty and that can be with anything but yeah. gluten's just the easiest one yeah too. and dairy i find fascinating often we with clients where <laughs> oh, this is so common they'll say oh i'm not I'm not good with milk. Milk, but I can eat ice cream and cheese. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Or I'm okay if I just have a little, little bit, bit, but not too, too much. much. Classic Sick. intolerant yeah. sign. Classic. Again, another analogy I always use is the bucket analogy. It's like this bucket that's slowly filling up. So while you're filling your bucket with a little bit of milk, a little bit of cheese and so forth, it gets to a point. And then it spills over yeah. and it spills over and that's when you get those outwardly symptoms. I love that. I've got a bucket analogy for um, yeah. like the NTHFR gene, like, <laughs> but it's still like a bucket with a hole in it and you keep filling the body up with folic acid. And it's uh, just, anyway, yeah, I love yeah. that we both have a bucket analogy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it works. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> So, yeah, I think a classic sign of food intolerances that we see is that people are having these ongoing reactivities. Mm -hmm. And it's not always gut-based. It's often things like just 
for unexplained fatigue and headaches and skin conditions. Skin a lot of things we've talked about yeah, already, right? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Skin conditions are a big one, I find. Like, there's yep. so much to do with food intolerances and skin, like psoriasis, yep. eczema. Yeah. I mean, like dermatitis. There's a bit of an overlap there, but yeah, there's for sure. um, even like just like pimples and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, especially on the arms and yeah, I'm, like, I was going to bring those arms. up I'm, later. Like, okay, yeah. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, skin yeah. stuff. I find another one is um, that's really common is just allergies in general. So when mm -hmm. people say to me, one of my questions I always ask is if they seem like their gut function's okay, do you get hay fever, seasonal mm -hmm. hay fever? So um, something like people that were like allergy kids, like I was yeah. an allergy kid, but mm -hmm. like obviously mum had RAS testing. I don't even know how that is still around, by the way. <laughs> Let's just cut people's arms open and expose them to stuff. It's like <laughs> from the Stone Age. But anyway, um, and so like I was like um, grasses, dust, dust yep. anything basically, bubble child <laughs> that's lived in the mud. Um, so... They, I find they come through a lot into adulthood. And when you kind of think of like grasses, if you have a grass allergy or grasses allergy mm. as a kid, there's a pretty strong chance you're going to have hay mm. fever as an adult. Yep. And then you look at like wheat. Wheat is a grass. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yep. so many things there. So if people kind of don't lock those two together. But yep. I definitely yep. see allergies, hay fever, all that sort of stuff is a yeah, real definitely. big sign of what's going on from an intolerance point of view in yeah. your gut. Yeah, that re and that respiratory activation like yeah. that increased mucosal secretion it's like the system is just trying to clear something all the Constantly. time yeah. so you know it's just again it's a really classic symptom so it's not always gut stuff no um it's very common the gut stuff but yeah. i think you know it's important for people to think outside the gut yeah and it's a really common space that you know those food reactivities are causing issues mm -hmm. um and often, yeah, I think if you've been beating your head against a wall and not getting anywhere, it's often, you know, that's something that's underplaying. Yeah. yeah. So what about the difference as well between, because when we do testing, we're testing for those IgG reactivities, but mm. then we also test for IgA. IgA. Yeah. Yep. And I guess we should also say that there's different types of tests available for food intolerance yeah, testing, yep. um, which we're pretty passionate about in regards to using, you know, the best types of tests that are available out there um, and really making sure that when people are testing or taking the samples, but then when the tests are being done, that we know that it's being done in a controlled environment. environment. Yeah. A lab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I'm a little bit dubious about with the home collection kits and so forth. Like I think there's obviously it's better than nothing. Like, yeah. And by that I mean home collection as in like you do it and it tells you yeah, your reactivities and everything there. Yeah. Like I just, I just don't think there's that, laboratory environment that's controlled mm -hmm. and I just think if you take away too many factors that aren't controlled then it's more open to yeah like you know, um what's the issues. word compromise, mm -hmm. compromise. <laughs> so I'm um, just on and just on the testing like I think I don't know how to say this nice but I think there's a lot of bullshit food intolerance test, oh, there is. testing out there and yep. This is not going out to the clients at all because I think when you when you're in a bit of a health crisis, you are going to do the best thing you can with your information at the time to get an answer for yourself. Yeah. But really question a lot of the testing. If you're paying a couple hundred dollars wow. for testing and it doesn't seem right to you, like if it's not done in a lab, it's got to. I'm really trying to be careful about what I say, <laughs> but. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just I don't want. Face. Okay, let's just without saying anything really bad. The ones that you walk up in the shopping centres and put your palm on something know, and it tells yeah, you yeah. your food intolerances. Yeah. That's a load of horse shit. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I'm sorry, but and there's a lot of things I think we've kind of electric rod yeah, thing. There's but, a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah, like I'm just not down with any of that <laughs> stuff yep. at all. Like if you're going to spend the money, find out properly, pay the money and do it properly with blood. Yeah. Um through the I think obviously the gold standard of food intolerance testing is the Alyssa method. You and I yep. both looked into this. Yeah. Um, even before I started working here, we were both yep. down with that. Yeah. <laughs> um there's just not much else that I would 100% be confident in, yep. to be honest. Exactly. And so, if you guys want more info about that, there's a section on the website um, on food intolerances mm. and links through to research studies on yeah. the Alyssa method or Eliza, however you want to say it. But essentially, yeah, there's lots of information mm. there. But we we definitely utilise that as our testing yeah. Um, and are yeah, really passionate about making yep. sure it's done correctly. Yep. So. It um it is a it is a home collection is in that you collect your own bloods although we have also sent people off for a, like a serum draw as yeah. well that's an option the serum draw generally I find is when we tie in the IgE so we yeah. want to see if there's if or, there's suspected allergy or exactly or, or a non bleeder oh, yeah. <laughs> I had one of those <laughs> recently she like pricked her fingers just ten times oh, plus went and bought more lancets just couldn't get the blood so right. we had to send her off for um a blood draw if you are an, if you are a non bleeder like drinking water like I'm I'm just going in for people yep. like blood collections. Just this is a simple one for yep. my people that always they go to the blood collections and they struggle to get a vein up yep. or whatever it is. Yeah. Drink, a, drink a crap load of water and just hydrate the bejeebas out of yourself first because that will really help. <laughs> You're like, Ugh. oh my god, I'm so bad with it. Are you really? Yeah, it's blood like in your guts. Yeah, but it's it's oh, it's more. <laughs> It's the thought of the, like, I'm okay with the, the pain and the needle. It's the thought of it being drawn and, like, seeing it and the blood coming out. Oh, like, really? it actually so makes me a oh, bit really? like, so I'm one of those people just sit, like, sit there and watch. Like, I'm like, oh, this oh, is cool. I nearly faint. I'm I really don't bad. think I could actually put a needle, though. Like, you know how, into like, someone? Yeah, or even into my, you know how, like, you know, oh, yeah, like it that. Be, it couldn't be junkies. Couldn't be junkies, no. Because <laughs> I always thought, I wonder if I could go and do phlebotomy, like, you know, like when I was studying, I was 10 and I'm the idea. I'm like, could I actually shove a needle into someone's arm like yeah oh, see, i think i could oh yeah. i don't know i don't think i could it makes mm. me kind of cringe a bit like yeah anyway <laughs> digressing <laughs> so yeah back to so we test for igg and iga not all the time actually it depends well actually okay I i'm going to contradict I that do. i would say 95 percent <laughs> of the time it would be a cost thing sometimes yeah okay if a client was really struggling financially i might just do the IgG, mm -hmm. but it kind of kills me. Um, we prefer to do both because it yeah. covers two different common pathways. Now, yeah. you'll say, you'll, you'll read a lot of literature that will mainly talk about IgG reactions, yeah. um, but we do see a lot of IgA. Heaps of IgA reactions. Yeah. And generally, so your IgA, um, I think you've analogies I can use again, but you've got um, IgA in your gut lining. So yep. there's something called secretory IgA and it's like your first line of defense. So yep. again, sticking with police and armies and so forth, it's <laughs> like a, an army wall lined up, ready to go just yep. to defend. Yep. So you want to have a really good army wall there just mm -hmm. to make sure we keep everything out. Um, and usually with IgA responses, I would say you're seeing more of a compromised immune That's, yeah. lining of the gut, yeah. mucosal damage. So if we Pulse start by that too. Yeah, and if we start seeing a lot of IgA responses, I'm more concerned that it's more chronic. chronic. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of um, gut lining inflammation. Yeah. There's you know, if we're seeing do you know what I'm 
I kind of explain, yeah, I do. And I know that this analogy is not correct because I know exactly how they both function in the body. But to break it down for my clients, just to give them a sim, I kind of say like your IgG is kind of like, in a sense, your first line. Like if that's there, like it's definitely something to be concerned about and we want to make sure that food's not in there. But if we start seeing an IgA response coming in as well, then there's actual like a lot more immune activation and involvement in defending against that food yeah. if that makes sense no it does it does like it's... i know that's not 100 percent right and any of the science brains no, out there yeah. listening to that will just be like that's wrong but and i understand that <laughs> what i'm saying is not a, but to break it down into layman's t- terms yeah you're talking about stages in re- you're yeah. talking about more stages like yeah. igg is almost like a first stage yeah and then but then once we start seeing yeah. ig a. A. Did I yeah. say that around the yeah, right way? G first, then A. is yeah. kind of almost like a secondary. Yeah, yeah. I can, as a um, first-hand experience of this, when I did my IgG, IgA, mm. um, I could see, like, generally I had lots of IgG responses that mm-hmm. were there, but I could see that I had a couple of really high IgA responses. Yeah. Um, and they were interesting to, interestingly to foods that I was consuming a lot in my diet. Yeah. So... Whether I was, you know, I, I think it was more there was like mucosal um, or gut lining damage yeah, that yeah. was occurring, which yeah. was effectively making me react more to yeah, these absolutely. foods. So yeah. I found that really fascinating. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah, there's a difference between the two. And if we see a test that has a lot of both going on, we're obviously going to be concerned. But I think if we see a lot of that IgA, it tells us a bit more about what we need to do from a treatment point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, so fascinating. So fascinating. <laughs> Here we are thinking we didn't really have much to talk about. <laughs> I think the other thing that's worth mentioning is the gluten intolerance on IgG and IgA oh, yeah. forms. It honestly might as well not be on the yeah, test. Like that kind of me. frustrates me because gluten reacts on so many different levels for people. And if you yep. really want to know if you have an intolerance to gluten, the um, food intolerance testing is not the way to go about mm. it. Like I would definitely say you need to do that gluten sensitivity panel. Yeah, um, definitely. As opposed to like you might may or may not register a reading on the food intolerance when it when it looks at gliadin and gluten. I can't exactly remember yep. what they do on that. But I yep. say to my clients beforehand, I'm like, same. If you don't get a response to gluten on this, yep. it doesn't mean gluten's yep. not an issue for I know. you. I wish it wasn't on this so I'd just stop. I could just like so, stop, stop saying, saying that. that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, because people kind of pray for it to come I back. Know. Don't they? Like, yeah. Yes, I can eat gluten. I'm like, no, you freaking can't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and again, we've done a whole podcast on gluten where we talk about that test more so you guys can go and listen to that. Yes. So common signs for um, food intolerances, we talked a bit about that, but we wanted to mention some for a couple of foods. Mm. And this isn't black and white but it's I think it's interesting that there's certain types of symptoms that we see that we'd be having a red flag over and going oh it's so obvious you're gonna have this going on yeah so yeah what do you think in regards to I guess yeah the gluten and wheat sort of so gluten so gluten like an allergy or a celiac thing mm. i definitely find it's um there's more of that inflammatory bowel picture loose bowels mucus in the stool things mm. like that gluten intolerance i find is a complete freaking flip like yep. i find <laughs> constipation yep. more often than Great. not bloating especially lower abdominal bloating um 
with a constipation. Mm. I find fatigue, yeah. mental state, but like obviously um, mental state's very affected, that whole fog over the eyes. Like obviously that can be tied in with so many other mm. things as well, which mm. we've spoken about in our other podcasts. But I find gluten to be, mm. yeah, more of, I think of it like a blocker. Like you yeah, kind of just got a big syringe it. of glue and just shoved it down your <laughs> gastrointestinal tract. It's kind of just set there. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. But I always think of gluten like a real blocker. Yeah, and agreed. And then you flip that and I find people who have an intolerance to dairy are more the opposite. Yep. They're more the gassy, loose bowels. Yeah. Do you find that as totally a, yeah. dairy is most of the time not always but yeah it's usually the looseness yeah definitely yeah lots of diarrhea yeah lots of running to the toilet right. a couple of times a day still the bloating but definitely cramping yeah yeah mucosal um sorry when I say mucosal mucus. I'm thinking like mucus respiratory yep. stuff. Yep. Often yep. had that as a kid. Asthma, eczema as yes. a kid is a big yep. one for dairy. So when as soon as you can yep. kind of go through and you take people's history and you start talking about their childhood, and they yeah, I like, got lots yeah. of asthma when I was a kid and eczema. I'm just like, dairy yep. is gone for you. <laughs> and the other one I wanted to say about eggs, which is what you're saying so before, skin is skin. Yeah. So I just have found over the years that those little raised bumps bumps we're both like the touching back the back of our arms <laughs> like I was before. Yeah. <laughs> like just all down there. Really commonly, I see with egg and yeah. also. Um, I know it's hormonal too, but um, breakouts yeah. around the, the jawline, jawline down into the neck, I yep. often see that with egg eggs. as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying it again. I'm not. It's not 100 percent black and white, but it's just anecdotal things that we see yep. a lot in clinics. Yep. So absolutely, just some ones to throw like the in bumps there. on the back of your arm can also be essential fatty acid deficiency, yep. and it can also yep. be gluten. It can be a host of things. Yeah, just. Tying things in things, loosely, yeah. like you do, like a, like when you're in practice and you just see things yeah. over and over again, like things that aren't in textbooks, I guess. Yeah, too. That exactly. you, just, you just start yeah. to see patterns and you're just like, bang, yeah. like that's it, boom, boom. boom. <laughs> no, it's going on here. <laughs> so, what about treatment? Because obviously, once we do these tests um, and we know what we're dealing with, um, then it's for us with our question, not a a place where we just hand over a test result and go, here you go, take this, see yeah. you later. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Pretty Enjoy. much is our worst nightmare. Enjoy your life without gluten and dairy and no one's going to help you. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a whole host of things that happen once we have results. Yeah. Yep. So um, definitely we strip those. So it's depending on, I'm, I'm pretty, depends on the level of intolerance too. Like some things I will just leave alone depending on what's going on for the person. Yep. Um, depending, like if it's a level like one, two or three reactivity and say it's something that I don't actually feel is an issue for that person, that mm. it's just responding maybe from an IgG perspective because their guts respond, there's a lot of other IgA stuff going mm. on. I'll definitely pull out the big guns, yeah. um, the ones that are the most reactive first and then probably the intermediate ones. And then yep. just for a short time, the less reactive ones, maybe yep. for a couple of weeks. And then yep. I'm like, okay, after that you can have these guys. Yep. I think the most important thing, and we've chatted about this in other podcasts, is making sure that when you're pulling big food groups out of the diet that the people aren't a missing out on nutrients and their uh -huh. nutritional status is still adequate. Uh -huh. They're getting that from their food, but their meals are still macronutrient balanced. Like uh -huh. I think we've talked about... We've had clients that have done even the test type of testing we do, but at other clinics, and they just kind of emailed their results or given their results. There's no dietary structure yes. around that. There's no, no okay, well, we've pulled you off gluten or we've pulled you off dairy, but we're not going to make up for that in other yeah. ways and the nutrients that you potentially were getting from those foods yeah. or macros that you're potentially getting from those foods. So that's really, really important to make sure that there's a diet structured around the removal of these foods, mm -hmm. but then also 
challenging the foods and bringing them back in yeah. after a period of time and supplements depending on what's going on yeah, with the gut. Exactly. So healing and looking after and exactly. all of so, that before challenging. Yeah, it's so true. Like you, we are so passionate again on making sure that once you have those results that your dietary intake is still really nourishing yeah. and balanced and so forth. And um, we should point out, as you're saying, that when you get results, it's not just a positive or a negative with yeah. foods. It's a low reaction through to a moderate to a high. So we can then take into case what's going on for mm. you and then look at, okay, what foods do we need to take out? What can we still maybe have a little bit of in there at certain amounts? So it's very individualized. Um, yeah. And it's so vital, as you say, that that is then monitored so that as your gut heals and as you get healthier, that with time we can reintroduce. Because yeah. when you have results come back that have got like a whole plethora of reactivity, that doesn't mean that you're just reactive to a bajillion different foods and that's all that's going on. Usually yeah. the big thing that we need to look at on top of that is your gut health. So yeah. fundamentally, if you've had a lot of um, food reactivities going on, then your gut lining itself is mm. going to be potentially damaged there's yep. going to be bacterial imbalances maybe yeast overgrowth yeah so at the same time as doing the dietary changes we have to be treating the gut yeah so once we do those two things together we should get to a place where we can start to bring certain foods back in mm -hmm. and not be having a response now yeah as you were saying some of those really high foods may be out the big game players <laughs> the big game players or the big guns <laughs> the big guns i call them the Drivers. Oh, the core drivers. <laughs> I call them the big guns. I like the big guns. They are often gone, but I, I think both of us have probably seen over the, the years times when people can bring them back. I see that yeah. more with kids, I think, because their immune systems are a little stronger. They haven't damaged their liver as much. <laughs> um, I've seen some amazing results with kids actually being able to bring mm. back in foods. But, yeah, it has to be done in unison. And, yeah, please, if you've had a test done and you've just been given a test and just being told, here you go, um, just deal with it, <laughs> please don't. Please, like, get in contact with someone like us or us and make sure your diet is being balanced in the right way. It's so vital because yeah. you'll end up, I think we've talked about this in regards to treating things like SIBO and so forth, you'll back yourself into a corner uh, essentially yep. where – all you'll do is continue to eat a really restricted diet and you won't be able to get out of that and then you'll find you're reacting it's to more foods because yeah. you're not dealing with the gut at the same, same time. Yeah, and the mm. microbial balance of the gut. Yeah. And I suppose to a limitation that probably should be mentioned of the um, food intolerance testing is it, it doesn't do fructose intolerance and high FODMAP foods. And I think sometimes mm. too there is That's a good point. There's an element of that. Like I've definitely had clients who have come in wanting the food intolerance and mm. I've explained to them, like, I'm like, look, it could be this, but to me it actually sounds like you've got more of a microbial imbalance going on mm. in your gut and maybe looking at the FODMAPs would be more yep. beneficial right now. But it does, it comes down to what people want as well. Mm. And obviously that is a definite limitation of that test is that it's yep. it's not going to show those foods. Not at all. Food right. chemicals and so yep. forth. And if people come in and they've been following FODMAP and they get the test back and they're like, oh, look, I'm fine with onion and garlic. It's like, well, mm, it's not, no, it's yeah. not that sort of test. Yeah. So it's got to be taken in context, in context with the person, doesn't it? And to understand that, yeah, like why IgD and IgA are great, they're not, it's not the be all and end all. Mm. And same with gluten, like it's not 
not the be all and end all of okay, this is what this test shows, therefore I can eat those yep. foods because reactivity of the gut and understanding how the gut mm. works, it's just not that black and white. No. So there's so many other yep. levels and elements in which, you know, foods will react. Yeah, so, that's it. Mm. I think it's a dream case for us if someone comes in <laughs> and we can know. say do that yeah. test. We pull out, like it hasn't got many foods on it, we pull out whatever it is of yep. those high reactive foods. They come back and they're just like, da, 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 everything's <laughs> sorted. Like it's pretty rare that happens because yeah. it's usually, well, again, we attract a lot more complex cases. But, yep. you know, there's so much more that needs to be considered. But yep. it is a fantastic tool it is. Um, yep. for helping with healing the gut yep. and particularly for identifying mm. our yeah, core driver foods yeah. or our big gun our foods. Our big guns. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not always what you expect. You know, we're talking about some of the major things here, like we've mentioned gluten and dairy and, and sometimes eggs. eggs, but we see some all sorts of stuff. things, stuff that you just wouldn't even think about being yeah. a problem. It's a good one for coffee, I find. Like yeah, I true. do find, you know, obviously yep. there's telltale signs for people yep. that – probably shouldn't be having coffee from a sim mm. symptomatic picture but sometimes people have a you do their test and they don't say anything to you in the consultation because mm -hmm. i think deep down like how many like for me if i coffee's fine for me i'm just telling everyone that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like if i was sitting there say talking to you or myself and i knew how much i loved coffee but i had a sneaking suspicion yeah. that it wasn't right for my gut or wasn't right for something yeah. I would hold out until I got the test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people, like, they'll get the test back and it might be coffee or it might be cacao or it might be some random thing and they're like, I knew that food wasn't yeah, right for me. Yeah, that's and, so true, And they're just it? like, they're like, I just didn't want to admit it. And they're yeah. just like, I knew that all along. Yeah. Like, so sometimes there's that thing inside you that you just know. Yeah, you know. And you just need to. to see it on paper mm. and you're like, damn it. It can be handy for nuts too because I do, definitely. you can really – um, get in and get an idea of which nuts might be the problem nuts because yeah. sometimes if you're doing that old school more elimination style yeah. diet taking everything out this yeah. can be like oh okay it's actually the yeah. almonds that you're eating that are off the Richter scale yeah. high and you're fine with these other three with, or four yeah, other nuts exactly. that yeah. can be super handy and your legumes I find as well yeah, I know legumes can again and one of those foods that can be reactive on so many different levels but I yeah. do find like sometimes lentils will throw a really high rating yeah. but you'll be fine with like your kidney beans and, yeah and that's really handy to know, I yep. think. The, Definitely. Yeah. So Such a good test. It is, yeah. You haven't done it yet, have you? I did it. I think – I can't remember. I did a form of Alyssa testing yep. like when I was in my early 20s. Oh, I think it okay. was Alyssa. But, yeah, yep. dairy was my biggest issue yep. back yep. then. Mm. But, again, we didn't come up, but I worked that one out myself. But I yep. haven't done this test, no. Mm. Yeah. No. It's like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know what? It. You know what would kill me? Eggs. Like, I know that I'm fine with eggs, yeah. like, you know, but I've always yeah. just thought when I have to tell people about eggs, I'm like, this would be like driving a stake through my heart. <laughs> I <know. laughs> if I was in oh, your shoes right so now. Hard. Oh, like hard. most other things, I think, like soy, I can live without. Yep. Dairy, I can live without. Gluten, yep. I can live without. Eggs for me. Yeah. Have you ever tried it? Like not um, having eggs? Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's hard, isn't it? Freaking really yeah. hard. Like you just don't even think. Like for me, I just eat eggs like most people yeah. eat chocolate. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even then when you start thinking about it, like even just the binding of it, like what it goes I know. in. Oh, mayo. It's a whole new world. If for... someone took <laughs> mayo off me. <laughs> it's a whole new world as far as baking. Uh, and, and for someone who oh can't bake. God. like. <laughs> Like, I can barely bake with eggs. Like, take eggs away from me. I've got no hope, man. Like I think, though, um, <laughs> even with that, though, if you do have a strong reaction to a food, say, with eggs, yeah, it's it's a different mindset. Like, if, mm. you, if you take eggs away from someone who's reacting really highly to them... Yeah, that's true. They... 
they ha- they lose their affinity for them. Yeah. Like they most of the time they are just like I don't want them anymore in their brain. It's weird. It's yeah. like their brain associates it with feeling unwell. Yeah. Um, That's so true. I think, and I kind of find people say to me, I, like even when they get eggs back, they're like, look, you know what? I actually had a feeling eggs would be on there because yeah. they've gone through stages where they've either made them feel a bit sick exactly. and then they, they stay away from them for yeah. a while and they just bring them back in. But yeah. they kind of knew that eggs were always a bit of an issue. Yeah. It just You think because yeah. it's a whole food and it's healthy and it's not processed yeah. that it can't really be an issue, but it can. Like, yeah, well, any food can. Any food can. And that's the yeah. thing, the gut kind of dictates that realistically. Yeah. Well, genetics maybe to a point too, of yeah, course, but yeah. yeah, your gut and what's going on in there. <sighs> but yeah, eggs would be a killer for me. Yeah. Eggs and bananas. I was actually oh, thinking about yeah. this the other day. I was going for like, I was just thinking like, because I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about what are their go-to things. You know how yeah. everyone has their go, and it really got me thinking like, what are my things that things that we do every, every day? So obviously, um, I was yeah listening to the uh, I think it was an ATP podcast or something like that, and they were just they one of the questions those guys got asked was, yeah, things that are in their diet every day that they do religiously or things that you kind of just don't think about but I guess obviously contribute to overall greater health. And, uh-huh. like, mine, mine's definitely I don't drink tap water or chlorinated water at all. I think a lot of people are on that bandwagon. Yeah. Um, but eggs and bananas, like, I like definitely, like, people laugh. Like, there's I, my friends have Facebook jokes that whenever they see people <laughs> that are addicted to eggs or egg jokes, like, that's how many eggs they reckon I <laughs> I do often see all your eggs. Yeah. Up there. I've got eggs galore. <laughs> in the fridge all the containers. There's actually a random one rolling around the back of the I fridge, I think it by is mine, and I contemplated whether it's still safe to eat and decided it wasn't, but I haven't gotten rid of it yet. I think I bought it in on a Friday, and then on a Wednesday, I'm like, it's definitely five days. That guy's got to go. But I was just like, but you're organic, and my chicken pumped you out, and I just feel bad throwing yeah, you in the bin. Yeah, you've got your chicken. Yeah, like, I just feel like, you know, like, there's such oh. a whole process of feeding, and they lay the eggs for you, know, he's just like, yeah. yeah, and I just felt really bad. I just feel like it's such a waste of yeah. like you know like I wouldn't like to push out an egg let alone have, some- <laughs> <laughs> let alone have someone waste it like, I think about their body size to egg we've got this one chicken and it lays these monster eggs and I'm like you really have to work for your food like <laughs> That's really bad, so I just feel a bit bad about that's why that egg's still rolling around. Oh, God. Just really struggling with throwing it in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I've done that test, so I know what my killers are. And, um, yeah, the the one that's really interesting is sesame that came up on mine Mm. because I was a massive tahini freak. And, um, yeah, I would have it every single day, but then I went away overseas and while I was away, I didn't touch it at all. I just had olive oil every day instead, which mm. just oh, was amazing. We had a bit of, and... a, bit of a cool <laughs> olive oil fetish, you and I. <laughs> but came back and just looked at what I was going to eat for breakfast and pretty much, to be honest, everything turned mm. my stomach. I wasn't interested in anything back here, which was a bit of a shock, but the tahini was like, I just don't, I just didn't want it. Yeah. Um, eventually started having some again but then did my test pretty quickly Mm. and it came back it was really really strong so I thought that was super interesting um and yeah it was one of those tests that I sort of opened and looked at and saw and there was a moment where it was like am I gonna cry (laughs) my whole world is falling down around me there's nothing I can do because it is hard when it's something that yeah yeah, is so that would be eggs for me yeah it's like and like like I was saying before like anything else I could do like I can deal with and yeah. like if a certain nut came back that's okay there's heaps of other nuts yeah but 
if eggs came up for me. Like I know, like I know, there's people that have to deal with this, and yep. it's tragic for them. But I just feel like I'm special, <laughs> and it'd be more tragic for me. Okay, <laughs> that's all I have to say. My problems are worse than anyone's. <laughs> yeah, these days, if I think I had any issues with the, if I did a test again. Um, not that I would. I don't really feel like I need to anymore. No, but, yeah, like definitely to. peanut butter would be a killer. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I, the, to be honest, the eggs have always been something come back fine for me yeah. as well. But that seafood would be really is hard. what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Seafood. So when I was little, like, I'm just – we come from a big family of seafood lovers. My sister's probably – and brother to a little bit of an extent, my sister's not the biggest seafood fan. Like, she'll eat white fish and just start eating salmon. But – I wholeheartedly could live on seafood and not mm. care if I actually mm. ever had animal protein again. Yep. But I remember when I was little, I used to be like, I came up with this thing and I would say to my dad, I'm like, when I get older, I'm going to develop a rare disease that only allows me to eat seafood for the rest of my life and because it's an illness, the government will fund it. <laughs> and dad would be like, good on you, kid. <laughs> you really thought this through. Not only are you going to be sick, but the government's going to fund your seafood addiction. Um, but yeah, so for uh. seafood for me, and when I hear those stories about people developing allergies, which mm. is something we could talk about, but developing allergies to things over their life, like yeah. not being born with it. Like if I had something from the get-go and I actually yeah. never knew how good it was, then that would be fine. But for me to develop a seafood, yeah. a strong seafood allergy in my life now, like yeah. that would that would destroy me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said you can't it's have so oysters true. or prawns or bugs. Or... Yeah, 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 which is often what happens, isn't it? But again, mm. that compromised immune system. Yeah. I've got a friend who's um, anaphylactic to jump around only because he's been bitten by them so many oh. times so just where we live and he just I swear to god he built his house on a jump ant's nest oh. like he's just been bitten that many times and now he's anaphylactic oh, to them that's full on yeah he has to have an EpiPen with him at all really? times because and he always wears long pants and boots because oh just yep yeah, like throat closes over everything I and got that, pushed in an ant's nest when I was like a young teenager by this guy that lived next door I don't like, like you you know that you know that split second in someone's mind where they're going, ha ha, that'll yeah. be so funny. Yeah. They just pushed Didn't me into like a massive it. ant's nest and I'll never forget that. I could just, they were just like all, I remember running home screaming, just ripping my clothes oh, off. Awful. I was all under there. But yeah, I didn't get anaphylactic yeah. reactivity. I read a, a book about killer bees once where that happened to someone. They got, oh. killer bees are like there, I think they're an African, I used to read these random like, you know, similar to National Geographic yeah. books, but I'd read all about this stuff. And I remember in grade five reading about killer bees and they were like their type of bee. I think they were in Af it's Africa or South America or something. And what they do is one of them would like hunt down human victims or animals mm. and one would sting and then the sting would let off like an odor or something and all the bees would come Whoa. in and swarm and just sting to death yeah i was like a fear of my life <laughs> <laughs> bees that's what you would have been like i just used to have these images in my head of these people just like being <laughs> that's what it just made me think of when you're talking about your aunt's story <laughs> it wasn't very nice it sounds awful yeah Wow, where did we just go? Yeah, we've gone from food intolerance to ants. People and eat ants, Ants right. and killer bees. <laughs> Crickets are a thing at the moment, apparently. Cricket protein, have you yeah. heard that? Actually, you know what? This, uh, I guess to sort of finish up with the test, I kind of would like to see it updated. I think so. Like, so there's some things that are really common that people are eating now that aren't on there. needs to be on there. Yeah, why is quinoa not on there? Yeah. Um, and Doctor's there's something else I was going to say. It just went, that's not on there. 
um, that will just say, and it wasn't ants. <laughs> so, <laughs> crickets. 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 <laughs> oh, I don't, yeah, but there's certain things that people are consuming a lot now, like I think that needs I think to I just be on there. Did, is chia seeds on there? That was the other one. Yeah, chia. And doctor's data doesn't do our food intolerance tests. Oh, sorry, guys. They, 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 they don't know. Yeah. You guys don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like going like this Can into the microphone. <laughs> I've got something to tell you. <laughs> anyway, I think we should wrap this I up. I think we should just, yeah, not um, speak anymore. Ten points for the person that can pick where we splice this together because we had a technical difficulty <laughs> Total halfway technical through. technical difficulty. But, we, you know, we're pretty awesome, so I'm sure that'll be seamless. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just going to let you just deal with that. <laughs> but as always, if you guys have any questions about what we've talked about, mm -hmm. make sure you let us know. You can leave comment on our social media sites. Yep. Or uh, you can email us. We love getting your emails. Or obviously on iTunes as well, leave yep. us your comments there. There's also, we've got some upcoming podcasts. So we're going to do one on pregnancy yes. soon. So if you yep. have any specific questions about pregnancy or anything, that we're going to bring in our little guru. Yep. She's going to answer some of the, those questions. So if you have anything you want us to answer or talk about specifically in that podcast, maybe let us know in the yeah, next week or two. Yeah, that would be great. Yep. We're also going to be talking about the NTHFR yes. um, gene, which is something yep. that, yeah. we we have super a, passionate about it. I'm not so super passionate. Well, like, I mean, gen I, yeah, yeah, genetics. I love genetics. Yeah. I think yeah. I love the gene, but I'm a bit sick of the focus that's being yeah. placed on it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I think anyway. That, that's what we're going to talk about, <laughs> which is great. We're going to do a whole podcast about why it's super important to know, but not super important to overemphasize and yeah, focus on. For sure. Um, so if you have any questions about that or you want something discussed about that as well in relation to that, we can definitely cover that in the podcast. Yeah, definitely. And as always, any other themes or concepts you'd like us to talk please. about, let us know. Let us know. And please go over to iTunes and make sure you leave us um, some reviews and lots of stars because we love that. Yeah. Yes, we do. I'm like, we yes, so do. We do. Makes us feel a woman fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> makes us feel like these manic Friday morning sessions are all worthwhile. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Anyway, we are going to go now and enjoy the rest of the day. Over and, and out. Breaker breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.